0: Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Monday, July 27th. S&P futures are rallying about 10 points. They've been up about 10 points for the last few hours. Europe is trading off about 20 to 30 basis points. That's a little bit off the lows of the morning so far. And Asia generally finished higher. With the few pockets of underperformance, Taiwan was very strong, up about two percent, and that's largely due to Taiwan Semi, which jumped ten percent, which is the limit uh, for the Taiwan market. So Taiwan Semi obviously reacting very positively to the news from Intel last week. Um, so a few moving pieces this morning on the COVID front. Uh, you know a lot of shifting trends. So in the U.S., you know you continue you can continue to make the case that numbers are plateauing in some of the some of the worst performing states. Um, you know they are plateauing at very elevated levels, so you know I don't really think this is a reason to get positive. And it's not like the market really suffered um, from the spike in COVID that we saw in the U.S. throughout June and into early July. But you can make the case that you are seeing a plateauing in some of the U.S. figures as far as transmissions. You are still seeing the hospitalization numbers and the fatality figures, which lag transmissions by a few weeks. Those are still moving higher. On an international level, you are seeing numbers continue to rise throughout Asia and, you know, in Europe as well. Europe, you know, had been very successful in containing its COVID crisis. You are seeing the numbers tick higher there, albeit at very minimal levels. So, on an absolute basis, the numbers that you're seeing in Europe and Asia, for the most part, other than India, um, are not quite dramatic. You are seeing a host of countries and cities and states announce incremental mitigation steps. Um, you know, on the one hand, that's obviously negative, but I think also markets are comforted by the fact that you are seeing nearly every country, city, state, politician on the planet, et cetera, um, you know, talk about how they were not going to be implementing wholesale lockdowns, wholesale shelter in place measures, at least at this point in time. You know, they're going out of their way to be very surgical in the mitigation steps. A lot of them are are very focused on, on restaurants, bars, et cetera. Um, and so I think that's giving the market some comfort as well, just as far as how um, you know how the world is is coping and adopting to COVID. Um, the one exception is in in Europe. So you had the UK over the weekend announce a surprise decision that they're going to force all travelers coming from Spain to quarantine for two weeks. Um, that that took people by surprise, and that is hitting travel link stocks very hard in Europe this morning. So you're also seeing markets be more surgical in how they respond to negative COVID information. So rather than sell off the entire tape, um, you're seeing, you know again, people be more precise as far as how they express their, their uh, concern. So Eurozone travel stocks are very weak. But like I said, overall European markets are not getting hit all that hard. On the uh, medical front with regards to COVID, Um, there were a lot of ostensibly positive headlines that over the weekend. So Moderna got another chunk of money from the U S government. Moderna is going to be kicking off their phase three trials today. That was expected. They were expected to start them before the end of July. Um, the extra money from the U S government is to expand this phase three trial. So Moderna says the phase three trial will be larger than they initially anticipated. Novavax is supposed to have data out in the next few days. That's NVAX. Um, There's an article in Bloomberg about them. And then Mark Meadows, the White House chief of staff was on ABC yesterday. He talked about how the administration hopes to have positive therapeutic vaccine news out this week. Again, unclear what that means. White House officials have made similarly, um, you know, suggestive remarks in the past, none of which have really amounted to much. Um, you know, it's not clear exactly what he's referring to, but I, you know, I think That continued hope about some type of medical breakthrough um, is another reason why you're seeing markets, you know, handle or cope with the, um, you know, troubling COVID headlines relatively well. I've written a lot on vaccines, um, you know, so I don't, I don't need to go through them on this call, Um, but you know, I continue to think that the market, you know, it's not necessarily going to be this binary one-shot type of event. Um, You know, again, there are a lot of articles talking about how. The duration of immunity may not be very long. You're gonna require maybe two doses per person um, annually. So again, there are a lot of uh, I think specifics or nuances to the whole vaccine narrative that should be um, you know scrutinized more, but nevertheless, you know the market there is a lot of uh, medical hope in the market. Um, on the stimulus front, so it looks like again, I have a whole paragraph that summarizes everything. The GOP plan will hit today. It looks like they will be cutting the $600 per week benefit down to $200 to $300. They are proposing this very complex scheme whereby um, total payments, including the state and federal, amount to 70% of a person's prior wage. Um, That amounts to about, on average, $200 to $300. That's why I said $200 to $300. It's unclear if, if logistically the systems, because um, remember states pay out the unemployment benefits, even from the federal government, if the states are able to accommodate this, this uh, formula that they want to put in place. So it's unclear if it's going to be that that formula or just a flat 200 to 300, but it works out to 200 to 300. They'll extend them until the end of this year, and there'll be another round of stimulus checks. So I think markets, if that is the worst case scenario, which it is the worst case scenario, given that they now have to negotiate with Democrats, um, and Democrats are asking for a lot more, I think markets are relatively comfortable. Um, obviously, everyone knew that there'd be some type of fiscal cliff. Um, and I think that is 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 perhaps no larger than I think people were fearing. Um, so hopefully we can kind of stop talking about that for the most part, given that we now know the floor, um, and if anything, it's only it, it could only get better from here. Um, you know, it will take some time, just given that there is still a big gap between Democrats and Republicans. There's a lot of talk about splitting this all up into into various components to make it easier to pass through Congress. Unclear if that's really going to happen. Um, you know, I think most people assume that you're probably looking at um, you know at least a two week process. So. Give it till next Friday, the seventh, which means you're only going to really be missing one, um, you know, weekly un- unemployment check. So, you know, again, not not too dramatic. I think markets um, are, are relatively comfortable with with that whole situation. Um, on the political front, nothing all that incremental. All the have all the polls continue to have Biden um, with a big lead. I will I will point out two different things. Uh, Ohio has voted for the president in every single election going back to 1960. It's always thought of as being perhaps the single most important swing state. It was not really a swing state um, back in 2016. Trump won it by a relatively large margin. Um, and a new CBS pullout of the weekend has Trump up a point in Ohio. So just keep that in the back of your minds. A lot of polls put Biden up. Um, you know the his lead is is very, very uh, obviously very large. He's winning in a lot of the swing states, But Ohio is certainly something to watch, especially that you know Trump is up a point there. Um, that being said, no Republican has won the White House without winning Florida for the last ninety six years, and Trump is trailing Biden badly in Florida. Um, so again, there, you know this this could be a, a an exceptional election on a lot of different fronts. Um, but just keep those two statistics in mind on Ohio and Florida. Um, for this week coming up, you know, there's a lot on the calendar. Um, obviously, a ton of earnings. This is the peak volume week for the Q2 earnings season. I've actually never really seen a week where you have so many numbers jammed into one five day period, especially Wednesday and Thursday. There's just an overwhelming volume of reports out of both the US and Europe, um, including you have a ton of big US tech names. I have a preview piece that I sent out yesterday. It's on the website. I have a link to it in today's uh, Vital Dawn that has previews, specific previews for all the major U.S. earnings reports this week, including Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Caterpillar, McDonald's, etc. Um, so you have earnings that will that will dominate. You have the Fed on Wednesday. This is supposed to be a very uneventful meeting. So remember, the last ECB meeting was very uneventful. Everyone assumes that the Fed will be uneventful as well. Um, you do have a large decision the Fed has to make eventually, as far as Providing formal forward guidance and formal uh, and and unveiling a formal QE program, most people assume that will not happen until September. Um, and just one, you know, f- they could possibly slip it out a- in the meeting this Wednesday. But um, you know, for a variety of reasons, including probably most important, they they don't probably want to get in front of this fiscal negotiation in Washington. They probably don't want to take pressure off of uh, politicians. Fed obviously has talked. Um, you know, a lot about how fiscal policy needs to become stronger, become a bigger part of supporting the economy. So if they were to renounce incremental accommodation this week, that takes pressure off Washington to um, you know to negotiate on this fiscal bill. So the Fed is supposed to be a non-event on Wednesday. You have important Chinese data out Friday morning, the MBS PMIs for the month of July. Um, CEOs of Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google will be testifying before the House on Wednesday that was supposed to take place today. They've moved it to Wednesday. Um, like I said before, you could have some COVID drug vaccine news out this week. Um, on the, From a macro perspective, though, I think the single most important catalyst will be the weekly jobless claims on Thursday, um, just because, again, you've seen evidence now of that number flattening out. You had the a first uptick last week since March. I think if that rose again, that's going to kind of just feed into this narrative that you're seeing growth stall out, you're seeing growth stall reverse, um, and obviously that becomes a big headwind for the overall tape. Um, so that is everything for news flow on um, the calendar for Monday specifically is really not much. I would say NXPI tonight is probably the most important earnings report. Um, and that is essentially it in terms of the broader market. My Again, my views are still the same. I think you're just seeing a shift in the tenor of news flow, um, you know, in a more negative direction. You have obviously COVID in the U S again, you can make the case that the COVID figures are plateauing. Um, but they're still at a very elevated level. They're still weighing on economic activity, on growth. You're seeing this now show up in some of the official statistics. Companies have mentioned it on their conference calls. Again, you're not reversing back to where you were in March or April by any means. But again, you're you're still seeing kind of a shift in the tenor of news flow, um, and then obviously very elevated valuations. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.